0: Today on the Back Row Fantasy Show, me and Arms join Matt Bruning and Dennis Bennett of the Fantasy Football Roundtable. We were the guests on this one, but it's a great episode that we're co-releasing, so enjoy it. Thanks for coming to the Back Row Fantasy Show on now.
1: Welcome to the Back Row Fantasy Show with your hosts, Jeremy Barker, Aaron Arms, and Neil Crabtree.
2: uh it should be quite the uh, little episode uh, it's been exciting i've been receiving some uh posts of people with their pets trying to get into the listener league there's Ooh. some cute animals out there some pets too
1: yeah yeah i agree with you I'm, uh, I'm excited to see if we can get any more and uh pick a winner and announce those announce the winner on monday that should uh should be exciting but as you just talked about we have a. Uh, uh, a show we've had planned for a couple weeks here really excited to get uh, these guys on a podcast uh, that uh, we both listened to for a while now uh, they've helped, and I know me out tremendously in getting this set up, this podcast would not be uh, possible without one of the hosts of that show who we will introduce here in just a second we we'll want to uh, play their little intro really quick and then uh, we will get them on here what if I told you there was a fantasy podcast about IDP's You know,
0: cause we're the IDP kings. With three hosts, very different taste.
3: We have the highest cholesterol in all of fantasy football land, woo!
0: I've been known as the king of pop before. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's who I am. The buzzkill, his name is Arms. He's sitting right beside me. Every time I get going on a fun topic, he's like, hey, can we talk about football? They've been playing fantasy and IDPs for over a decade. Uh, God, we're old. Well, man, let me tell you. The, back when I first started playing, it was on. Uh, it was with pen and paper. We are I about mean, tw- 20 years into this, right? 20 years into IDP. And have very questionable robots. You can get Jason Moore, Matt Harmon, uh, Lexington Steel, Peter North. <laughs> oh, man, the North series. God, I remember that. <laughs> so many burnt DVDs. Yet they still produce one of the best podcasts around. Welcome, the host of the Back Row Fantasy Show.
1: Welcome to the Back Row Fantasy Show with your hosts, Jeremy Barker, Aaron Arms, and Neil Crabtree. That's right, guys. We have the back row fantasy show with us, Barker Arms. What's going on, guys?
3: That is the most flattering intro of all time. No doubt. I feel, uh I, I feel so honored. I'm so humbled by by your uh the fact that you took the time to do that. To be honest with you, I am hard as a rock right now. <laughs> Y'all being no Wranglers Point North. My God. But,
1: yeah, like I said, guys. Uh, as I said there in the intro, I mean, I. Arms, I know you weren't part of our first podcast, but Bark invited me and Dennis on a long time ago uh, to do a debate episode. He, he popped my podcast cherry. Uh, it meant a lot to me. You guys have been awesome to me since then. I mean, I guess, Arms, technically you were a part of it because you not showing up allowed me to get on the show, so I appreciate <laughs> that. But, I mean, even uh, – you know, and, and I've talked about this many times on the podcast. Uh, everything that Bark has done for me after the fact, and helping me get set up. He's he's gave me equipment. He's helped me do everything to get this podcast up and running, and to where me and Dennis are now. So it would not be possible without you guys. So seriously, it's it's just a little ode of uh, greatness to you guys. Like I, I really do appreciate everything you guys have done, and I love the show. So I thought I'd try and do something a little special for you guys.
0: Thanks, Matty. Uh, the one of the best things about the whole process of being Arms starting this show was to meet people that had the same interest in us, that had similar, you know, personalities, likes, all that kind of stuff. And meeting it, you know, when we meet certain people, it's instant. Like when I started talking to you, when I started talking to Dennis, it was instant. It was like, yeah, I'm probably going to know these guys for a long time and eventually meet them Midwest expo, hopefully both. But if only one that, you know, we'll work it all out. But it's uh that's what it's all about. We we are friends of you guys, not just, you know, acquaintances, podcasters. I feel like we're all friends and it's awesome to be on the show. Yeah, yeah
1: we're like I said to have you. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Me and, uh, me and Dennis have been trying to figure out a way to get you guys on here. I know you guys have been busy. Again, any of our fans, I, we've talked about many a times, but check out the Back Row Fantasy Show. It is one of the best podcasts out there. One of the best IDPs as well. The, the IDP knowledge that you guys drop helps me immensely in the many IDP leagues I'm in with Dennis, so I can't thank you guys enough for the knowledge that you've given us there. And I hope I can make it up to the Midwest Expo, but I have a feeling like that's probably not going to happen for me, but I imagine you guys are going to have a lot of fun with that.
3: Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, it should be an excellent time. We've been trying to uh, get ourselves out there, kind of mingle in person with some of the other uh, great podcasts out there like yourself, and, uh, you know, we look forward at least to seeing Dennis. I mean, if you really don't want to see us, Matt, that's fine. Um, (laughs) You know, we'll just uh, – spend some time with you on the show, I guess. And, you know, even though you don't want to be our friend anymore.
1: Well, you know, I just, I want to keep up this, this, you guys have this high expectation of me right now. And I feel like if I, if I come and meet you guys, it's going to drop a little bit. So, you know, I feel it's best to just keep our distance for now. You know, we'll build up that friendship a little bit more to where the the disappointment can't happen. And then I'll show them like, Hey guys, what's <laughs> up? <laughs> and
4: we'll be
0: like, yeah. I've made a terrible habit of doing this on the last umpteen episodes but it's not like you're fuego Frank, brother. You're not going to disappoint us. <laughs>
1: oh man. Don't don't do that cuz as soon as you guys did that on that episode, he was blowing up my DMs to jump on our show with us after he was on there with you guys to just do all that stuff and I don't you know, I don't want to do any of that mess. I don't, don't, don't <laughs> break this
0: theory on us. I admittedly have some kind of like Frank addiction. Like I genuinely <laughs> like the guy. Oh, I love Frank. And her. I don't know what, I don't know how, because the first time we ever, you know, hopped on something with him, I got off and I just shook my head. I'm like, that's one crazy cat right there. And then just the more I talked to him, I was like, man, I, I like this. It's like when I met arms, I was so unsure. But after a little bit of time, I'm like, I like this guy.
3: So what he's saying is he knew he liked you guys instantly, but it took a while to warm up to me who lives in the same town and, you know, does a freaking podcast with him, but whatever, you know, it's true. But we go back
0: like 15 years. So it's, you know, 15 years ago, I was a different dude. You were about the same. (laughs)
4: uh,
3: Chunky and delicious. That's correct. Right.
1: There you go, Just like Chips Ahoy. Right, so we brought you guys on here today to talk about some uh, really some ADP stuff. We've got some blind resumes and everything we're going to do later, but we wanted to get into and talk with you guys about everybody's doing startup drafts right now. For the most part, you've got you know all different kinds of leagues going on. We wanted to get your guys' opinions because we respect what you guys think in the fantasy community on players that are going around the same, and we're going to start with rookies and vets. And I'm going to – oh, I see. Here we go again. I get excited, and I forget everything that – I talk about it and I don't even look at my show sheet.
0: I wondered what happened there. You got
2: excited. You're like,
1: uh, uh, uh. and I was like, "What is running? <laughs> got going you guys on?" guys have been around I
2: long did. enough. We just think everybody knows you.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, I get giddy like a I'm I'm like a like a 16 year old girl to Justin Timberlake concert right now. I'm all excited. I'm a little little. So I'm sweating a little bit in places I shouldn't be sweating. It's a little bit ridiculous. We
0: so, talk all the time, Matt. Calm down.
1: I know. I know. I'm trying. Uh, so. Every time we get new guests on the show, we like you guys to talk about what your favorite team is, how you guys got into the fantasy football industry, and what your favorite format of fantasy is.
3: I'll go first with this. Um, so Aaron Arms, obviously, is the name. Arms back row on Twitter. Um, I'm, a, I'm a Raiders fan, been a Raiders fan since I was four years old. My uncle kind of turned me on to the team, and he no longer cares about football, but by God, I do, and it, it die hard, you know... All the way back, Bo Jackson time. You know, I remember Marcus Allen playing. Like I remember, way, way, way back. Tim Brown, probably my all-time favorite wide receiver in NFL history. Um, If we want to talk about my favorite player ever, or are we talking about currently? Because Everett. Either or. So Everett's Barry Sanders. Um, If Bo had a longer, yeah. If Bo had a longer (laughs) career, it probably would have been Bo Jackson. But, you know, Barry with the longevity and just stepping away at what was a devastatingly way too early kills me. Uh, currently, I mean, man, what's not to love about Saquon Barkley? I mean, I know it's one year and I last year I tried to, you know, put a damper on his hype a little bit to say, you know, guys, yes, he looks like a prototype but he hasn't played it down in the NFL. And the guy, he's as build. I mean, everything that you could possibly want in an NFL player from every aspect, whether it's what he is as a human or how he plays the game, how he approaches the game, what is his teammate, Saquon Barkley is is exactly what I want for a fantasy player, for a a role model, and for just an all-around, you know, someone I can hang my hat on and say, that's the guy that I'm going to, you know, stand behind no matter what.
0: Give me that format again, because Arms is wordiness.
1: <laughs> what is uh, What is your favorite NFL team? Do you have a favorite NFL player? And then the part that Arms forgot to talk about, it's probably my fault as the host for asking a million questions right off the bat, is uh, what, uh, what how long have you been playing fantasy, and what's your favorite format?
3: Oh, so 20-ish years on fantasy, and fa- favorite format, 16-team dynasty IDP. And I know that gets pretty in-depth, but it's – Six, 16 team dynasty idp with i mean we're talking all positions kicker included not punters because that's just ludicrous but yeah 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 whoop, whoop. uh Luda. And he- heavy heavy on the idp oh yeah I-, I want the idp to actually matter
0: all right jeremy barker or as i cheesily go by on whatever platforms i'm working on bark which it's kind of fun to say so like a close to forty something year old giving himself a nickname, yeah, I, you know, I just need a little douchiness in my life. So, uh, favorite team Miami Dolphins. Sadly, uh, favorite player of all time would be Dan Marino. Uh, favorite current player in the league probably got to go with Brock Osweiler. No, that's a joke. <laughs> that's definitely the Brock a, Lobster. There uh, we go. That's definitely a joke. Uh, current, you know what? If my current favorite player, I'd really have to think about it, but I. I really got to go with Darius Leonard for, I, I know he's only been in the year for a league and been in the year for a league. My God, been in the league for it's a easy year for you
2: to say no yeah. doubt,
0: but, uh, I, I don't know the way he plays and just the magnitude of what he means to that team has kind of made him my favorite player in just a short year, uh, fantasy wise, same as arms probably started right at 20 ish, probably like 19 years ago, if I had to guess, but. Around the 20th range, started playing Yahoo Leagues with arms, with other people that we are intertwined with. And uh, we used to play in a Yahoo League called Ho-Town. Ho-Town, Stacey Valentine, baby. Where we all had porn star names, believe it or not, with that intro about Peter North and Lexington Steel. We had, uh, (laughs) yeah, we all had porn star names. I was Jenna Hayes before Jenna Hayes was even known. And uh, yeah, that was our league. Then we uh, graduated to IDP dynasty leagues i actually played in a contract idp dynasty league first 16 teamer
3: oh yeah it was both of us yeah, and that's then, where the uh, copperbeards came from
0: and then well i played before that in a, a different one
3: oh sorry I, I was thinking with den
0: it it was but me and den were in someone else's league gotcha. matt, matt burcott i don't know if you remember that guy uh but anyways that's uh that's that 16 team idp that's what i'm all about yeah i don't know if it's the thing where we started that way or what but 12 teamers became really boring once we've gotten to a 16er
3: 12 teamers became to me something that it's like you just got freaking lucky it's like Like a beginner league yeah everybody has a stacked team and somebody goes off for three touchdowns so you win yeah great Great, you know, but I to me, that's the reason I feel like there's more, uh, there's more depth, more knowledge required. I mean, you're play sometimes playing the number three receiver on a team in a 16 team IDP league, you're playing a you know, a, a nickel safety to try to get the points when, when someone's bye week, like that's that is intense and it helps with your your knowledge of the game. Um, and you know, to me, it just there's you can watch any game when you're in a 16 team IDP league. You can watch any game and you have somebody or you're playing against somebody and you're like, God, I, I, all right, I just hope he fumbles. Because if he fumbles and if this guy forces a fumble, that's two points. But if he recovers it, we're at four points. And what if he takes it back for a touchdown? Like You wish for the absolute most ludicrous things to possibly Luder. happen. Like <laughs> You're like, okay, so right now, if, if uh, Charles Woodson intercepts the ball and picks sixes, I'm up by four. You're just like, what? Nobody else in the room is thinking about this stuff except for me.
0: I'll quickly add and and hand it back over to, you know, the the main hostess with the mostest. When you have a 16-team IDP Dynasty League, it means your roster build must be very carefully and carefully done and well thought out. And your roster management has to be, you cannot win a championship in 16-team IDP if you are not on your a game it just isn't going to happen you can't beat 15 owners <clears throat> with uh 16 team idp offense and defense but anybody i'm sorry but anybody can get lucky and win a 12 team redraft on yahoo
2: they, I, they just can't so, i mean so bark go ahead sir then you and arms so you guys would say then it's probably like really important to know like the league rules too then so you can draft appropriately and not just like join a league because it's a really cool theme
3: yes Yes. pretty pretty important
1: i couldn't resist matt i just couldn't resist I joined the league with Dennis here this past week, and I was caught up in a lot of stuff. Look, I was creating that awesome intro. I didn't happen to read the rules that it was a super flex and tight end premium, it and so I decided to take Saquon Barkley at number two and watched everybody go quarterbacks and tight ends around me. I was trying to figure out what happened.
0: I don't think that's a bad move at all. I'm My super flex strategy is not everyone else's. Like, I don't think that's a bad move, Matt.
1: Well, what is your super flex strategy? I think what Dennis is talking about is the fact that I didn't realize it was a super flex tight end premium until about midway through the second round when I was like, "Why is everybody taking quarterbacks and tight ends?" Actually, and then I think
2: <laughs> it was after he made his cool. second pick is when he said, "Hey, wait a minute, is this a super flex?" <laughs> my, my super
0: flex strategy, real quick, is to not veer far from my dynasty. I, everything follows a uh, follows the same bridge. Really, my dynasty strategy is the same as my redraft. I will take an old veteran that only has one year left if if everyone's passing on him over for just youth because what's your goal in a dynasty league? It's the same as a redraft league. You wanna win a title year one. You don't. I don't wanna build for two years, three years, four years down the road. If I'm getting in a league, I wanna win it immediately. And yeah, Superflex, it's all fine and dandy to take a bunch of quarterbacks or to take one early, but the fact of the matter is you, you can only get a generational talent at running back or even an elite running back w- with with the opportunity of having a top five pick. Like, I don't care if it's super flex or not. I'll pass on Patty Mahomes, and I'll pick up Andrew Luck in the second round and take Barkley in round one all day long. If Luck lasts that long. He probably won't. But you, you get what I'm saying. He went
2: 107 in, our, in this draft right. to, to me. No, it's it's point go. per complete. Uh, it, there's point per completion and point per first down as well, component to it. So it was uh, is there. This, there was quite a run of quarterbacks. Is it a
3: six-team teamer by chance?
2: It is nice. Now yeah. that there there's that piece as
4: well.
3: That's going to change things a little bit. <laughs> I mean, obviously because I'm still going know, Saquon. Well, I mean, you're you're picking freaking Nick Foles at the end of the third round. You know what I mean? Well, let me and add something. So, so, I mean, we're just just. To clarify,
0: let me add something to that Nick Foles thing. I'm not advocating for Nick Foles, but in, uh, when it comes to drafting running backs, if you miss out on the first five or six, you missed out. Mm -hmm. Like then you're really throwing darts at a dartboard to try to pick out is Miles Sanders going to have a great year. Is he going to get the opportunity? Is, uh, David Montgomery going to get the opportunity? Is Tariq Cohen going to get more opportunity? So on and so forth with quarterbacks. The opportunity is already there. Every team has a starter basically set in stone. So you have 32 chances to get someone to produce, but at running back, you have five to 10.
1: Yeah, and I mean, the one thing I'll say on, on Bark on your strategy, the only reason I was complaining about that is I wouldn't have taken the second pick. I got to choose my draft spot. And my complaint was if I, if my dumbass would have paid attention and looked at the rules, I wouldn't have picked the two I would have picked later, uh, but I did end up with Carson Wentz in the second round. So it's not, it yeah. wasn't a, a a huge thing. I ended yeah. up with Carson Wentz, who I think is going to be a good quarterback. So I'm not too terribly upset that I took Saquon. It was more just because I wanted Baker and, and he went way before Carson
0: Wentz. Absolutely. Did. If you could choose between Saquon and Wentz or Patty Mahomes and uh, Jordan Howard, what are you going to
1: do? I mean, Jordan Howard, he's in for breakout year this year, don't you think?
0: Nope. No. no Negative <laughs> Ghost Rider. Well yeah. <laughs> I still think right. Jordan Howard's decent back, but I digress. Go ahead, Matt.
1: No, you're good. So let's finally now jump into the to the ADP discussion. I was gonna start it off with and this is why this would have made no sense had I not caught myself, is something that's gonna hit a little bit close to home here for arms in Josh Jacobs. So his ADP right now is 71 off the board, RB 28. Would you rather have Josh Jacobs or Kenyon Drake, whose ADP is 64, or Darius Geis, whose ADP is 70? We'll start in, we'll go alphabetical order there, Arms, Bark, Dennis.
3: I like that. It's a fairly simple uh, strategy for me. Josh Jacobs is the lead back, hands down, no doubt about it. He will get. 90% Ninety percent of the volume to whereas Kenyon Drake, I'm sorry, I, I just don't believe in him. Never have, never will. You know, it, what's Kenyon Drake done? What can he do? And what are they going? To, what does Miami's team even look like? Are they ever going to be ahead to Salt lead? No. You know, improved, yeah, but that's not a good team. I'm not saying Oakland's that much better. They're in, you know a bad division for them to be in, but uh, the biggest concern for. The the only the comp or excuse me the comp for me is actually Geis versus Jacobs and that's close and we're talking razor thin that is the closest comp that I've heard in forever and I'm still going to go Jacobs because you know what the knee bo- the knee bothers me it just does I think uh, Geis is you know it, there could have been a very strong argument to be made that Geis could have been near Saquon Barkley level last year now. He obviously was hurt. Saquon obviously had a, you know, uh, just absolutely monstrous rookie season. But Darius Geist's knee bothers me. If Adrian Peterson comes back rolling, is Geist going to get the full workload at any point in the season? We don't know. Was
0: Geist going to catch a bunch of balls
3: like Saquon? Don't know.
1: I think Geis has got better receiving skills than everybody gives him credit for.
3: I think Geis is going hey. to be an absolute stud. Dude. Fully health, healthy. No doubt in my mind, Darius Geis can be a top five running back in the league. But his health concerns me.
0: Yeah. I, I agree that he's a better pass catcher than people give him credit for, but I don't know about getting to Saquon level.
3: Did you expect Saquon Barkley to catch those that many balls last year, though? Yeah. yeah really?
1: Yes. Anyways. I mean, I love Sake One. I didn't expect that.
3: Same here. I mean, what was it like freaking ninety two balls caught? Nine, 91 balls. He caught ninety one balls, hundred and twenty one targets. That's wide receiver one numbers.
0: I expected eighty. Ninety's not a far cry. So. <laughs> All
1: right, Bark, what about you? Who would you take out of those three?
0: Um I'll start off I'll start off by giving Kenyon Drake a little more credit than arms. He's trash. What it Jesus. What has he done? Uh on limited opportunities quite a bit. Kenyon Drake has shown in limited opportunity that he is a possible game-breaking type of back, not a bell cow. You don't want to hand it to him 30 times, but if you can get it to him 20 and keep him healthy, uh, Kenyon Drake is going to surprise people this year, like 100%. But he is still third in that conversation with with me. That being said, uh, Josh Jacobs, uh, all day for me. I like Geis. I really do. But the knee and... The amount of rookies that are surrounding him versus Derek Carr, not saying he's great, but Derek Carr with Antonio Brown, Tyrell Williams, give me Josh Jacobs. No one's going to be able to stack the box against that team because they're they're not just going to play the run game and let Antonio Brown go wild. Not going to happen. So give me Josh Jacobs all day, then guys, then Kenyon.
2: You know, I I think that Washington's Potentially poor offense makes this a lot closer um, than it might normally be. Drake is definitely the third option here. Uh, I, he he would he shouldn't be going at sixty four over Geis at seventy. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, I think. I mean, Drake was RB fourteen last year, and Adam Gase basically said, uh, "I know you're the." Everybody in the world says you're the best back we have, but I'll show you you're not. Well, Mr. Crazy went crazy and didn't give him the ball nearly enough. But I don't think Drake can necessarily hold up, like Bark said, uh, to uh, a 25 or 30-touch workload. But he's very explosive. He's going get, to get plays. He may still uh, produce top 15 numbers pretty comfortably. Maybe top ten, uh, because he is explosive, um, but f- for me I my reservations about Jacobs are that he's never carried the load. he's never showed that he can carry the load. He couldn't beat out Damian Harris,
3: so hold on, I'm gonna rebuff this a little bit. When was the last time that an Alabama back carried every every carry of the season
4: or the uh, the vast I, I didn't majority say
3: every
2: carry. He didn't beat out Damian Harris, who had two one thousand yard seasons.
0: I mean, all, in all fairness, Kenyon Drake's in the conversation, and he didn't. You know, he wasn't the lead back in Bama either. But you know, I mean, right now you could you could compare Kenyon Drake's
2: on the list. He's not in the conversation. Okay, 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 fair enough. So I, I like Geis. Geis is uh, probably a forty pass. Uh, player. He's going to probably catch 40 passes. That's where I see him. He'll do it fairly easily. He's, he's going to be a decent enough pass catcher. He's not going to be uh, probably as good a pass catcher as Josh Jacobs, but I don't think Jacobs has really shown that he can carry the load 25 or 30 touches a game. Uh, that's what really concerns uh, him for me. On the other hand, yeah, they got Antonio Brown, but I feel like Jacobs is going to get the benefit of, like Saquon Barkley, of having a quarterback that's really willing to check the ball down. So I think Jacobs is probably going to score more points because he's going to catch more passes, uh, which, you know, your typical running back uh, yards per catch is you know, in the six to eight yard range versus yards per carry, which is four, four and a half yards. So I think Jacobs will make up for it on, you know, especially in PPR leagues by catching more balls. But I, I fully expect Geist to gain more yards on the ground than Jacobs this year. I don't so disagree. It's, with pre- it's pretty close for, for me, but I, I give the edge to Jacobs only because he is going to be in, in a better offense uh, unless, you know, Washington takes a huge step this year, it, it could happen, but I, I'm not betting on it.
3: It could happen. I mean, you have to think whenever they were playing with a first-team quarterback in Alex Smith, who isn't, you know, an MVP caliber kind of guy, they were, you know, in the hunt. They were a good team. Right. Not a great team, but a good team. You know, and we seen what 162-year-old Frank Gore, or not Frank Gore, Adrian Peters can do on that team. What can Geist do if healthy? And what if, you know, I feel like Haskins is going to be playing with a chip on his shoulder. I said it on the last show, I believe, was uh, the open bar. I think Haskins is going to have a historic year. I think he's going to have a historic rookie year. It's, it's, now, let's just also be very realistic. I think the, the touchdown record is 27. But yeah. it, to me, it's not out of the question for him to get over 30. Like, if, if he can do that and it opens up for the running game, Geis could have an amazing year. And I, I just think that if I'm – it's pure – it's a comf- comfort move for me. That's all it is. I feel like Jacobs is healthier. Jacobs is more secure in his position. And Guys, if Adrian Peterson is rolling, why push him back?
1: So before we get into the next one, that actually was a question I wanted to ask all three of you really quick. Does the signing of Adrian Peterson for one more year scare any of you off of Geis?
2: S- nope. Scare,
0: no.
3: Off of him? No. Scare, Absolutely no. no.
0: No, but when it comes to these kind of player comparisons, uh, you got to factor him in. Scared, no, but factor, yes.
3: I'm, I, at, at no point in time, I am in no sell mode for guys. I have no desire to sell guys.
2: Yeah, once guys shows that his knee is okay... Adrian Peterson is just going to be a pissed-off bench player. Right.
3: Happened to him before.
2: Yep.
1: Yep. All right, so the next rookie vet ADP comparison here we've got is David Montgomery right now. His ADP is 96, so would you rather have him or Royce Freeman, who is at ADP 99?
4: Montgomery,
3: Montgomery, kind of for the same reasons uh, of opportunity. Uh, I feel like Montgomery has a very strong opportunity to seize the job very early and, you know, actually do something with it. Royce Freeman just has someone with a ton of talent ahead of him. I know that, you know, the Denver backfield could get a little bit crowded because Freeman, he's done nothing wrong. Okay. That's the downside to it. It's like, he's done nothing wrong, but yet he didn't win the job and he wasn't the lead back and he hasn't been the lead back. And we talked about it, you know, after the, uh, the season was over Royce Freeman could very well win the job next year, but it's never going to be an 80 or 90% work, workload for him. It's it, even if he wins it, it's 60-40 worst-case scenario or best-case scenario, excuse me. Like give me Montgomery all day.
0: Yeah, I agree. Montgomery could be the 70 to 30 guy with Tariq Cohen taking 30, Montgomery taking 70. I think and that, and that that to me is the likely scenario, but then you flip it over to Denver and Freeman getting forty or fifty percent is not a likely it's just a possibility so it, it's it's definitely David Montgomery
2: for me as well well, I was a big Royce Freeman fan I still am same um, i I think you know he's he's got a track record of being able to carry the load. I don't know if it was poor scheme fit or just one of those lightning in a bottle things where Lindsay came in and was just super productive with every touch. And you Lindsey just
1: the ball That's couldn't,
2: awesome. couldn't deny him for this one season that he's going to peek at before he crashes off the face of the earth. Um, that being said, Montgomery is just a more talented running back, I think than, than Freeman. Um, and so I, I would go Montgomery, uh, for that reason, I think Montgomery's a little better pass catcher. He's he's much more elusive, I think. Uh, I think Freeman ends up getting the, the starting job this year. Um, but I do think that Montgomery is the better back, and that'd be the direction
3: I go. I feel like there's a Freeman truther in every league. Yeah, as it's as me. there should be. There, there, no, I mean, seriously, <laughs> he's he's, he's a fine running back. And, you know, there's like 15 teams in the league he's going to start unquestionably.
1: It's just probably not his own because Philip Lindsay has got that. That's all it that needs to be said on that topic. He's definitely solid.
3: He's he's, definitely, yeah, definitely. He's done nothing to lose the job. He hasn't,
0: but I, but I do think that Royce Freeman could get, I think he's going to be better year two than he was year one. And I do think Philip Lindsay is going to be a little less effective year two, as opposed to year one. I, th- I don't think they'll cancel each other out, but I do expect the, the roles not to reverse But I I expect
3: them to cede to each other a little bit. Like kind of move to the mean, move to the middle. A little more
0: towards the middle, yeah.
3: Yeah, This is almost that Denver situation we've seen in the past to where it's like, okay, they've got good running backs and somebody's going to get plenty of yardage. Good luck. I'll just stay away from Denver running backs.
1: Well, I mean, to to help Dennis out with his Royce Freeman trutherism there, I mean, Freeman was actually very good last year in his limited amount of carries. He just, I feel, probably didn't get enough. Uh, And as a Philip Lindsay truther lover, he's going to take a step back. There's no way he's going to do what he did last year. I hope I'm wrong, but I do I agree with you guys. I think he's going to regress back to the means a little bit, which is going to bring him closer to Freeman, and they'll probably split more than they did last year. Couldn't agree more. To do some wide receiver ones, a rookie versus a vet as well here. I already know where Arms is going to go with this probably, so I don't know if I should even read it for him. But DK Metcalf's ADP right now is 159, or would you rather have Devontae Parker at ADP 166?
3: I'll take someone around the 200 range. <laughs> like, uh, both of those, play, like, oh, my God. Um, That's
1: the whole point. you got to pick one.
3: You know, everyone knows how much I despise DK Metcalf, but Devontae Parker's garbage. <laughs> I mean, De- Devontae Parker is just hot, stinky garbage. Like the he's he's bad, he's bad. He, and there's no signs of him improving. I I really begrudgingly say this, but God. Don't nobody, please don't anybody edit this out and use this against me later. I'm gonna say it quickly. I'll take DK Metcalf over Parker, <laughs> but I don't like it. I don't like it either. I'm trading out of that pick.
0: Whew. I uh, I, I gotta agree with Arms, uh, especially as a Dolphins fan. The reason Devonte Parker has never earned the full-time role, it's not just injury. It's the fact that he can't separate. The guy has trouble separating. He can he can go up and get it, uh, but so can DK Metcalf. And then Devontae can't separate whether it's on an actual route or just straight up the field. DK can at least separate straight up the field. I don't love DK Metcalf, but I would easily take him over Devontae Parker.
3: Here, here's one thing I will say about DK Metcalf. His faults are actually fixable. Okay. With the right training, the right, you know, people working with him, he can gain lateral agility and you know become more than that, you know, three route tree three uh three route tree kind of guy. Like Devontae Parker is not going to be a better receiver. He's he's not he's gonna had get faster. Like five years to do it. He's he's just he's Devontae Parker and you're disappointed if you have him.
2: Right. Yeah, I, I'm not expecting a fifth year breakout from Devontae Parker either.
0: <laughs> no, who, who was the, 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 maybe one of you guys the, knows who was the guy that broke out? I mean, it was after like big six Mike or Williams. seven years. No, there's a different one. Uh, it's man. It's on the tip of my tongue, but go ahead, Dennis. I'll, I'll think of him.
2: You know, it's, it's just a situation where he he's, he is what he is, which he's going to be, he's a career wide receiver for, and that's, he's going to make a couple splash plays He's going to get lucky and have a big game here or there, but Devontae Parker is what Devontae Parker is, and, and there's there's no way around that now. As far as Metcalf, I, I, don't, I don't know that – I'm not sure how much lateral agility you can teach a guy. Uh, I, I think for him, he's going to end up – his crossing patterns are going to be rounded off. Uh, he just can't – he's not – he can't make that quick stop. I don't. He can work on it, and but he's he's not going to be able to 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 do that at a a very high level. But like our, uh Bark said, he's fast and he he can separate down the field, and he's big. So you, you can't put a linebacker on him to match up with his size. And there's I don't think there's any safeties that have some size that have the speed to stay with him. So. He's gonna have he's gonna be zone covered a lot. He's gonna be double double covered a lot. And for him, they'll have to, to do some scheming with him or he'll end up just being that, you know, run run the nine route, run the slant route. But you can make a, a living doing that. Josh Gordon made quite the living, you know, for a while. You know, he was not known for his lateral agility either. Yeah, but we're also so, talking
3: about a different animal. Josh Gordon's one of the best body up guys in the NFL in the past ten years. We I per, don't see per, per play, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, obviously, whenever he actually plays. But uh, like DK, I mean, just go back and watch his college tape. Yeah, he he gets by people, but like he's not really just out jumping a lot of people. There's a lot of kind of there, there's penalties he's he's getting uncalled penalties is what's going on and he's pushing off people and pushing you know 195 pound cornerbacks down and get going up and getting it, it happens it's not going to happen at the next level
0: i've got my uh breakout guy which i believe might be the latest breakout receiver ever if you guys are ready this this is Shoot. this is exactly who Devonte parker is very unlikely to be through seven years this guy had His best season through seven years was 48 receptions for 700 yards and five touchdowns. Never even got close to that in his seven years in any of the other six. So that's one out of seven years, 48 receptions, 733 and five. But in year eight, Brandon Lloyd goes for 77, 1,448 yards and 11 touchdowns, and then has three more seasons of 70 or more receptions. Devontae's not going to be Brandon Lloyd. So
2: DK Metcalf could. Devontae,
0: no.
3: But so I'm going to go you gonna
2: with see. you guys and pick somebody at the 200 range. Also,
3: I will tell you uh, to kind of get back at you a little bit, Dennis. All right, and I'll give a little plug to my brother here. Uh, Jared Arms, uh, Arms AP in Panama City Beach, Florida. You can teach an astronomical amount of lateral agility from someone who doesn't actively do it. It would surprise you what someone could do. And we're talking, you know, a ton of uh, time off of their movements. So you, you, it can be done. Now, we don't know if, if he's at the top level of people doing that before. You know, is this the best he's going to be? I can't imagine. I, my thought is DK Metcalf has always been all right, uh, run straight, go fast, and you're going to win. And that's all he's been taught. And now it's listen, man, you got to do more than this. Like, you've got to be something better than this. Otherwise, you're going to be, you know, just at, at max a 1,000-yard receiver, 40 catches. I mean, just something, something stupid, all deep balls. You're going to have eggs, and you're going to have two catches for 140 yards.
1: So none of you guys think Devontae Parker's issues have to do with the quarterback? No. I, did they, I, I mean, did, it doesn't
0: help, but it's a very well-known fact that in training camp every year Miami is disappointed because he's still not separated. Did they
3: train? For, did they trade for Aaron Rodgers? Did I miss something?
4: Because yeah, I don't think they have
1: Ryan Fitzmagic. I don't think they resolved hey, their quarterback Josh, issue. I know, I know you guys don't like Josh Rosen. I'm right there with you. I'm just he's he's better than Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, I agree.
3: There's four people both, on this podcast both right now better than Ryan Tannehill.
1: <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I disagree with you on that. I don't think I would have the. The energy or the the competence to, to play quarterback in the NFL. Same. I would.
3: I, I can throw I a pigskin over Mayor mountains. Oh
1: god. <laughs> okay. Okay, Uncle Rico. Next. Uh, <laughs> the next uh, comparison we have here. We got three more before we move on to some vets versus vets. Nikhil Harry, his ADP is one twenty nine. Or would you rather have John Brown at one twenty seven or James Washington at one thirty one? James Washington.
3: That's not my pick. Sorry. Well, (laughs) as we had this earlier in this with the the Drake, there's only two people actually in the conversation, and John Brown's not it. How the hell does John Brown get picked above James Washington? Um, He's in
2: Buffalo, man. He's he's heading to kill as well. Josh Allen can throw the ball a mile, and John Brown can be there. What
0: the hell does him being in Buffalo have to do? I've never heard that argument before. He's in Buffalo, man.
3: Josh Allen, man. (laughs) Okay. He can throw
1: that ball over those mountains.
3: He can. I, kick, kick, 56% uh-huh. of the time he can actually hit the mountain. Right. I mean, you <laughs> know, I I, I, don't, I don't like Josh Allen. 52. 50. Is, is, yeah. Okay. My God. I was going by his college statistics. Um I'm probably going to go against Grain a little bit here, but give me the give me all the James Washington I can I can get. You I like stole my line. I like Nikhil Harry. I really do. And I like the role he feels because it's you know, a little bit of the Josh Gordon role. It's a little bit of the Kevin Hogan role. It's a little bit of the Rob Gronkowski role. But Pittsburgh has proven they can make two wide receivers not just eat, but feast. And I think James Washington absolutely feasts this year. I'll take I'll take a crack on James Washington. And I, I really do think Nikhil Harry is going to be special. Okay.
0: I, uh, I'm uh, i going to go in the opposite direction as arms there. You're going John Brown? No, I'm not. definitely <laughs> not going John Brown. I, I mean, I do understand that John Brown could play well for Buffalo, but as a real-life football player, I, I mean, I just don't think he's going to be on the field enough and consistent enough and healthy enough. I know he was healthy most of the year last year, but I, don't, I just don't see it in Buffalo. Um, James Washington, I like. But they did draft the kid out of Toledo. They do have Dante Moncrief. It's not a given that James Washington is going to be that star number two wide receiver. It's likely not a given. Uh, so I'm going to go with Nikhil Harry. I think it takes him a year or two to really get going because the Patriots offense is not a jump in and, and you know go kind of offense. It's not complex. a lot of players. Not a lot of players get it right from the start. But give me Nikhil Harry long term. It's actually fairly easy for me. I like Nikhil Harry a lot. They drafted him in the first round. James Washington wasn't a first round pick. I don't mean to play the draft capital game, but there's a reason he wasn't a first round pick. He wasn't one of the uh, biggest prospects in that draft, in my opinion, at the position. So give me Nikhil. I think it's super close.
2: I will tell you that very, very close.
3: It's close,
0: but it's still Nikhil for me. Fairly easy.
2: Yeah. I I think Washington is going to step into that second wide receiver role pretty comfortably. And, uh, he'll play on the outside. Uh, I like Washington a lot, but I think that Harry is just in a little bit better position and has a little bit more versatility to his game already. I think there's some polish that both of them need to gain, but I, I, I really like, uh, the prospects for, for Harry, uh, like you were saying, he, he's going to absorb a little bit of Gordon's game, uh, Gronkowski's game and uh, Hogan's game. And so he'll have uh, plenty of opportunity. I think Washington is going to he's probably going to have one hundred and fifteen targets this year. Just guessing off the top of my head. So he should be able to to do something uh, with those. Uh, he does drop the ball. Sometimes and that's not always that's not a good thing, um, but here Washington will definitely have the bigger uh, yards per catch because uh, he's going to be down the field a little more working I think than Harry is. Uh, but I'm going to take Harry here. Maddie.
1: All right, we got a so the next one we've got a
0: rookie. Whoa, 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 whoa.
3: Whoa, 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 Calm your, slow down. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Who do you take?
1: Yeah, Matt, we want to know who you got. Oh, I bag enough on this podcast. I'm you, just you, hosting today. At least give, your, at, least, at least
0: give your quick take. At least give your quick one, even if it's just the simple answer of like, yeah, it's James Washington for me. Now on to the next. I still, I want to know.
1: There you go, James Washington. I hate to Harry. I think he is wildly overrated. I, I, I honestly. So now you're going to make me get into it, and all the Nikhil Harry haters or lovers are going to come out and yell at me. I think, uh, I might, just think it I takes more wondering. every time we've seen a new wide receiver get paired, at least a rookie wide receiver, get paired with Tom Brady. They don't always work out. I don't think he's going to trust him right off the bat. I get why everybody likes him and saying that he's going to come in and replace Gronk because he's going to be the guy who's going to high point the ball now in losing Gronk. I just don't see it. I don't think that he's going to be able to come in there and simulate – or. Get himself assimilated into the offense right off the bat. I think it's going to take time, whereas James Washington has been there for a year. If you actually go back and look at what he did at the end of last year, his best games were when Antonio Brown was out, I think, in weeks 15 and 17. So he's already showed that he can do it. I know he has struggled with the drops a little bit, but we all think that the coverages are going to shift to Juju now. So Mm -hmm. that leaves James Washington open. We know Pittsburgh's going to have a high-flying offense. I do think Tom Brady's going to take a step back. That's why they drafted Damian Harris. It's going to be all about the running back, so give me James Washington.
3: Have you ever considered a rapping career? Because you spit out some very clear words in a very short amount of time.
1: Uh, it's, I just blacked out. I don't even know what just happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: that's great. All right,
1: so. Back on to the next one. So a rookie versus a guy who broke out at the end of last year and uh, really kind of stepped up in Seattle. Would you guys rather have A.J. Brown with an ADP of 202 or David Moore with an ADP of 200?
3: So th- I'm actually going to take A.J. Brown over D.K. Metcalf and Devontae Parker.
1: Okay, you can do that.
3: <laughs> um, actually, it, to me, this is it's a fairly easy decision, although I, I do like me some uh, David Moore. It is A.J. Brown. Um, A.J. Brown is probably the most – in my opinion, NFL-ready slot-type receiver in this year's draft because, you know, he's not overly bulky to where he really can't uh, play the slot. He's very smooth, very fluid with his motions. Guy's got just phenomenal hands. Now, his quarterback sucks, all right? Just no doubt about it, Marks Smereta, hot garbage. But I think A.J. Brown, you know, the fact that he doesn't always have to be down the field to, to catch the balls, doing some of these short intermediate routes, you know, uh, doing the quick, smooth breaks that might leave a uh, a cornerback or a safety kind of guessing where he was at. Give me AJ Brown, and I don't like it, but hell, I like both them better than Metcalf and Parker. Mm. This is who I'm trading back to get out of that Metcalf pick.
0: I uh, I I really don't have any faith in David Moore. I I think I mean I think David Moore played pretty well when he got thrown in there, but there was really not a lot of options to throw in there. And I think it's telling that they drafted a couple receivers and, and took a couple out of the free agent pool after the draft and not because they don't like David Moore, but because they know they need more. Ah, ah, uh, ah, you did there. ah, ah. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I, yeah, no David Moore for me. Uh, who, who was the other guy? I was messaging these guys on our group. Matt, agent. actually I was messaging Matt right now. Uh, A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown is my pick as well. I, You know, there's – does not going to be there forever. And if he is, it's because he started playing better. And A.J. Brown was my favorite receiver heading into the draft. I know situation means a lot, but talent can overcome. I think, I think A.J. Brown can overcome in Tennessee because I think he's a better receiver than Corey Davis. So, I'm going A.J. Brown.
3: Uh, A.J. Brown and Nikhil Harry are both in the top three wide receivers in this first draft for me.
2: Yeah, I'm AJ Brown all the way. He should be way up there in the Nikhil Harry range. Uh, I agree. He's a, a very—he's a versatile receiver. He played outside at Ole Miss, lots of time in the slot, which is where uh, I think he got pigeonholed at. But he's—he's pretty capable on the outside. I—I uh, I think him being in Tennessee is going to be a good thing for Corey Davis. Ah, uh, Corey Davis is not going to have the pressure of uh, having to carry the whole load. And like you were saying, if Mariota st- starts playing well, can stay healthy, um, it should bode well for the receivers. I think uh, Davis's best—you know—the best guy across from him in his career was Rashard Matthews, and Sad. and that was—you uh, know—and he got—he's been bouncing around since the the one the one season. So, I I think A.J. Brown is definitely the the guy here. David Moore is, you know, he's Tajay Sharp. Oh,
0: that's a good comp. Ooh. I like that comp.
2: So, you know, he's going to lose time. It's going to be Metcalf and Lockett there, and then Moore and Jennings and uh, Ursua. You know, those guys are all going to be – you know, trying to divide up the third wide receiver spot on the heaviest running team in the NFL. So they'll split forty targets between
3: the three of them. Still think Gary Jennings leads that team in receptions? Yeah, I like Jennings a lot.
1: I was just about to ask you if you had to take, would you take Jennings over Brown?
3: It'd Hell be, no. It'd be, it'd be a little closer for me than most, but I'm going to go Brown
0: not close at all i like jennings too but it's brown aj brown top wide receiver on my board pre-draft for a reason
1: i didn't say i didn't say it was a
3: coin flip closer than most
0: lead me on arms
1: brown was right up there for me as well and i actually think he's gonna have a pretty good career in tennessee i think the uh the uh, articles on his demise because he went to Tennessee are are being uh, wildly overrated here. They, I think he's going to be just fine. He, he's going to be one of the best wide receivers Marcus Mariota has ever played with because I think Corey Davis is extremely overrated as well.
0: I'll, I'll give you one thing too. If for some reason Mariota gets hurt, which seems to happen sometimes, if Ryan Tannehill gets in the ball game, I can already tell you who his number one target's going to be, and it's AJ Brown because AJ Brown. Plays a bigger, more physical version of Jarvis Landry's game than Corey Davis does.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. All right, so um, the last
2: Tannehill is not accurate down the field, so exactly. AJ Brown's
0: going to play primarily, you know, the short right. game more than likely. So exactly. the
1: uh, The last rookie vet here, and it's actually, I would assume, somewhat of a battle. Uh, The backup there in Buffalo behind Shady McCoy, assuming he doesn't get cut.
0: You're right in my alley. ADP
1: 207 or TJ Yeldon, ADP 215? Love this.
3: Give me Singletary. I mean, I, I know what Yeldon is, and he's not that good. He's not terrible, but he's not that good. He's a role player. That's all TJ Yeldon is. That's all he'll ever be. Devin Singletary can be a lead back. He he has potential, whereas you know, okay. Let let's say they're equal, just in theory they're they're equal players. You're disappointed because you ended up with Yeldon. You have Singletary who may win the lead or the lead role. You're ecstatic if he doesn't. what's you do? Put up Dev or freaking uh, T J Yeldon type numbers. Okay, your downsides T J Yeldon. Your upsides lead back.
0: Yeah, th- this is another Devonte Parker situation. I mean, Yoden has had time after time, time after time. That's for <laughs> you, Dennis. He's had time right after <laughs> he's had time after time to prove yeah. that he can be a lead back in this league. But Jacksonville drafted Fournette after they gave Yoden a, a couple year chance. It, it's just it's not going to happen for T.J. Yoden, barring that rare. Brandon Lloyd, like breakout midway through your career, which for running backs is like four, three to four years in as midway point, he's already there. So yeah, Devin Singletary, give it another dynasty strategy. Give me the guy that could be great from the get-go over the guy that we know is not great through two or three years.
2: Yeah, I don't know that Singletary is an exceptional back. But I agree, but we know we that do, we do need. know that Yeldon is not <laughs> Every right. Day. Yep, you know, Yel- Yeldon on. is a, a big back. He, he's, you know, he's one. Of, he's like Kalen Balazs. He's got questionable vision. He's big and he's not powerful, and he's a good, pa- good pass catcher. It's, it's like that. That's what he does. If he could, if he could have carried the load, they they'd have kept giving him the ball. But when they did. He didn't produce, so we know he's not going to – unless you're just opening up gigantic holes. Like, you put him in Dallas, put him in Philadelphia, Yeldon might be fairly successful.
3: Every running back in the league can run run for 1,200 yards in Dallas. No (laughs) doubt about it. There's third stringers that could do it. Dallas has a stupid offensive line.
2: And that's what Yeldon is going to need. I don't think he's going to get that. I think that Singletary is going to – End up with that job by the end of the year, and then he's going to have to hope that Buffalo's line gels and makes him look maybe a little better than he really is, so that they they don't start looking at next year's class and thinking, well, we've got this guy who's okay, maybe maybe we should go ahead and take a look at you know Etienne or Swift or you know Dobbins, one of these guys coming in. Uh, he's going to need that offensive line in Buffalo to come together so that Buffalo says, ah, let's fill one of these other needs. Um, But I'm, I'm on the, I think Shady McCoy is going to be gone. I think Yeldon and is going to be the backup. Gore is going to be the mentor and Singletary, you know, running back is the position in the NFL. You can go in, start right away and be productive.
3: No country for old men, get the old men out, let Singletary run it. (laughs) That's all I'm saying
2: right on nice movie reference
3: thank you
4: yeah that that
1: one was actually a little shout out to uh the ball blast girls there kate actually put that up and got a lot of hate for that because uh she picked devin singletary as well i'm with with you three and i was with her i commented on her thread for a little bit there a lot of people will feel that yeldon is going to take over that backfield i don't see it either uh but i just wanted to see get your guys opinion on that after seeing that whole thing go down on twitter
0: boy the twitter has been crazy lately
1: yeah, unfortunately.
3: Yeah, we need some football,
1: no doubt. Oh yeah, I've
3: yeah, been—I've be kind of removed myself a little bit from Twitter. I still try to a lot of people are put right some positive feedback out there, but my God, it's so negative. Uh, yeah, Arm
0: started working at a soup kitchen uh, in the time that he usually spends on Twitter. That's a lie, but. <laughs>
1: Hey, I was I was about to send you all kind of praise, Arms. Now you just you just got my hopes up. up I, ca- and
3: I and coach your a, like, eight, I coach an eight U softball team. All right, oh, that that's what I do in my <laughs> spare time now. You want a ribbon? That's
1: close. That's pretty close to the, the soup kitchen. I'll give you that. All right, so moving on to the vets first, vets, and I'm interested to hear this one. I, I feel like I already know where Arms is going to go. Oh, here, I but...
3: guarantee you know where I'm going to go.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Tight end battle here. George Kittle with an ADP of 21 or it's Zach with it's an Kittle. ADP of Kittle.
0: 22. It's Kittle for arms. You could have said Tony Gonzalez in his prime, and arms would have said, give me Kittle.
3: <laughs> give me Kittle down the middle. Woo! All right. Kittle, the only reason Kittle won't be uh, tight end 101 is just in case Kelsey gets like 300 balls thrown to him this year. Like Kittle's an absolute stud, and he's a young absolute stud. Give me Kittle all day. This, Listen, I know Ertz is good, and I know that at times Ertz was like on pace to break a wide rec- or receiving record for tight ends. I, I get it. But uh, I think Goddard probably starts eating a little bit in this year. I don't think he's going to like kill his value, but he's going to eat a little bit in. Kittle, Kittle's an animal. Kittle's absolute. He's a superstar, and he's going to remain a superstar for the next 10 years. Uh, I'll make mine quick. I, I am also not. Uh, I've
0: never really been on the Zach Ertz train. Like I, I give him props. He is definitely, without question, a top five tight end in, in nineteen. Very likely a top three. But I'm for some reason I cannot get a hundred percent comfortable with him. I've never really tried to trade for him. I've never drafted him. I like him. Like I'm always looking for him to fall to me, but he doesn't fall. So, I never take him because I I have a reservation. You know yeah. who does fall to you, though? Who? Freaking George Kittle. People take Ertz over Kittle all the
3: time, and it blows my mind.
0: Exactly. So, so that's – and to me, Kittle is just as good of a tight end, maybe better. He is better. Maybe better. He's better. And I just am more comfortable with Kittle long-term than Ertz, especially with Dallas Goddard sitting behind Ertz. I know that's not a popular take, but Dallas Goddard is – without a doubt, able to replace Zach Ertz at a much cheaper price. Thank you. And Zach Ertz probably is not going to be in Philadelphia long-term. So give me Kittle down the middle. I think Kittle is a niner for life. There there is a
3: reason not just to be an asshole to the Cowboys. There is a reason they drafted Dallas Goddard. Yeah. Because he's a beast. I agree. Dallas Goddard in two years, we could be talking about him being a top five tight end. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, it's it's pretty easy uh, to go Kittle here. Um, Ertz had, what do you have, 44, what was the number? 46 more targets uh, than any year in his career. Previous to last year, Ertz was in the, he ranged from 106 to 112 in targets. Last year, he had 156 targets. So the three previous years, Ertz had 75, 78, and 74 receptions. And he jumped up all the way to 116 last year. So, you know, I think this was, it was an outlier. It was a career year. Uh, Ertz had a great year. He's still going to be a very good tight end. Um, But I think after uh, 2019, uh, let's see, SpotTrack puts Ertz, they have a 12, just over $12 million uh, out uh, after 2019, and then uh, six, almost $6.7 million uh, after 2020. So they're going to, they're probably going to be out of it after. At least after 2020, uh, and and Goddard's good, and so and er, Ertz is they're gonna feel the pressure. I think if, if Jeffrey stays healthy, Sanders is gonna catch a bunch of balls. He's gonna be come in and stabilize the running back position. And they've got Aguilar, JJ Arcega, Whiteside. You know they they they've got some more talent. I think that they they haven't had the last couple years, or especially last year. Uh, you know it took golden tate a long time to fit in after they traded for him so uh it's, Ertz is going to have a good year he, he's not going to have 156 targets
3: i think we can agree 112
2: receptions.
3: to to echo what you're saying i think we can kind of agree that the uh, the eagles offense is going to be it's going to be more balanced it's not going to yeah. be so i know this guy and i know this guy's good so i'm going to throw it to this guy you know he's going to they're going to spread it around wince healthy, right? He's going to be able to kind of get back to his old ways. Wentz really didn't produce a you know top flight absolute superstar, but he spread the love a lot. That's one thing about him. he's he doesn't zero in on one guy for the most part. and if if Sanders is, you know what a lot of people think he can be and uh, or or Howard for that matter. i mean if if they are better than what they've had, there should be some more balance to where we don't just freaking feed ertz through a freaking water hose you know what i mean there there should be some some love spread around and i think that is to the detriment of ertz's value
2: now kittle had 136 targets last year so i'm not so sure he gets that many targets either i think they both kind of dropped down in the 110 target range so they'll they'll be pretty similar but you know kittle's four years younger I, you know, I, I think it's going to be they're they're going to have a. I, I would expect Kittle and Ertz to be fairly similar uh, next to, next year as far as stats
3: go. So, do you think they are they're still a three player tier tier one for tight end, or do you think it's Kelsey than everybody else? Um,
2: I lean Kelsey than everybody else, given the situation in Kansas City. I think because I think Kelsey is going to get 150, 160 targets this year. I can absolutely uh, see it.
3: I mean, I, I I don't hate the take, but I was just curious where you were standing on it. I'm gonna make arms you know, happy.
0: I, I'm gonna make arms happy and say there's no stopping Kittle. I don't think there is. He's gonna be a top top three tight end for a long time.
2: Yeah, I I don't I don't disagree with that at all. I, I oh no, I, think I know next next year it's it's gonna be. Yeah, you know, I think Kittle and Ertz are going to be pretty close when it comes to fantasy points and stats, just because they're both going to regress. I just think Ertz is going to regress more. Both of them, I think, are going to have superior surrounding casts, which is going to take away some of those targets.
3: But let me let I, me ask you. Or I'll
0: go on the solid take from me.
3: So <laughs> solid take from you. No, but so all right. I, I I get where you're going with this, but. I, I kind of on the other end of it feel like with Kittle, halfway through the season, everyone knew what the hell they were doing. Like, everybody knew the offense basically ran through George Kittle. Like, you got to—somebody, whether it's, you know, Pettis or Debo, like, somebody's got to take some pressure off of the guy. I mean, they weren't—what what wide receiver were thrown to Marquise Goodwin? Like— The dude's fast, great, awesome, but there's some pressure that's got to be taken off of uh, George Kittle, and I think that I I still think he continues to feast.
1: Yeah, I agree with you guys. I'm a huge George Kittle fan, mostly because of you guys talking about him so much on the pod. Uh, I do worry a little bit about Debo Samuel and those running backs because uh, all three of those running backs—McKinnon, Coleman, and Breida—all do a lot of work uh, out of the backfield in the receiving game. So I do worry a little bit about Kittle losing some work to those guys. And we haven't really seen him with Jimmy G as much. It, it's been the, the Bethard and the Mullen show there with Kittle and, and that's where he thrives. So I do worry a little bit about that, but even if he drops off a little bit, he he's still a rock solid top three tight end.
0: I, I think that's a very fair addition to Dennis's argument. Absolutely.
2: There. I agree. I agree. So we've established established that we're all arguing for the same side. Yeah, we're all very agreeable see, yeah, We're, we're,
3: we're very, very much saying um, George Kittle's a stud, Zach Ertz sucks move on. No, I'm just joking
1: <laughs> Exactly, no, Zach Ertz does suck I don't understand why everybody likes that guy This one, uh, this is actually one I think Might get a little bit of uh, Different takes, I'm interested to see where you guys go So Aaron Jones right now has an ADP of 37, so you can have him Derek Henry at an ADP Of 40, or Sony Michelle at an ADP of 41
3: Hmm you know, it's a it's, – it's uh, to me, there's two players in this. And I know a lot of people love Derrick Henry. I just – I don't and I won't. I refuse. Like, I think we damn near called a stat line last year. Like, Derrick Henry is – he's going to have games and he's going to be good at times. I just think he's too streaky. Um, I'm going to – and I'll, I'm probably going against the grain here a little bit. But uh, give me Sony Michel – Sonny Michel, based on, I think that he's still going to get the majority of the workload. I think that offense still continues to hum. And I think that they're trying to shift at this point in Tom Brady's career into a more run-heavy offense. I think that Tom Brady, the respect that everyone in the league has to have for him is only going to bode well for Sonny Michel's value. I think Aaron Jones is a fine, fine running back in the NFL. But I just... I mean, what, like Ryan Grant one time had a great season for the Packers since, you know, like it's, the, I there's never in what, five, six, seven, eight, maybe even 10 years been a, a Packers running back you can rely on. And as much as I think Aaron Jones is a fine running back, I don't think he's the one who you're going to be able to rely on. Give me Sonny Michelle, but it's not like, you know, uh, there's not a mile gap between them.
0: Uh, I like that take because even, uh, even among green, you know, one of their better running backs in recent memory,
3: Among green was Brett Favre, I think.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I know, but I'm, I'm just talking Packers running backs in general, even among green, which is one of the more memorable Packers running backs, didn't do it over a long term with green Bay. So Aaron Jones, I'm a little worried about, I, I am selling Aaron Jones in all my leagues right now. Because I think his value is kind of at its peak. Like I think mm-hmm. people expect Aaron Jones to come in and easily lead that team in, in uh carries and possibly receptions. I, I think it's dicey. I think Jamal Williams is just about as good. And for that You're reason, I, I really do. Might be. I might, might be. be. I'm on my way. But uh <laughs> and then we've got uh Derrick Henry. Derrick I
3: I am, I have fastest bought, man in the NFL. I've
0: bought my <laughs> ticket. I have bought my ticket aboard the Derrick Henry train. I think the way he ended the season is not what we're going to see game in, game out, but I think he's going to be more consistent this year. And I think he's going to submit his place amongst the top 10 to 15 running backs. I think Sony Michelle could, but kind of like Darius Geist in the Jacobs argument, I have my concerns with Sony Michelle's knees. It's a bone-on-bone thing. I mentioned it on the Open Bar. I think that Jay Ajayi was pretty good too, but the bone-on-bone is going to slow you down year in, year out, and your career is going to dwindle faster than anyone else's. I think that's going to be the case for Sony Michelle. I think the Patriots kind of know that in drafting Damian Harris. Not, Where, that, not that he's going to take over, but give me Derrick Henry. I, I There's not a player named Henry in the NFL that stays healthy. Uh, give me... Give me Derrick Henry. I bought my ticket. I'm on board. I can't just jump off of that train.
2: Yeah, I, I think Henry's gonna get volume next year. I, I think they realize that they need to give him the ball. Uh Deion Lewis isn't the answer uh as their running back. He's a third down in an obvious passing situation kind of back. Uh but Derrick Henry is gonna get plenty of carries. I I love Aaron Jones. Uh I think the biggest obstacle Aaron Jones has is that uh even with Aaron Rodgers playing all season on a bad knee, uh the Packers were top 3 in pass attempts and last in rushes. Now they've got a new coach. You know McCarthy is gone. Uh I, I don't know. Uh, I was listening to, I think, Sirius XM uh, yesterday or today, and they were they were talking about the Packers. And their volume of run was runs were so low, and it didn't make sense. They averaged five yards a carry last year, but they just didn't run the ball. But the question they were wondering about was, how many times did Aaron Rodgers check out of run plays, though?
3: That's a, whenever you were talking about the new coach. I was getting ready to say, "Gee, I wonder if he's going to tell Aaron Rodgers you can't check out of my plays." Right. <laughs> speaking <laughs> of you know, the new and, coach,
2: and I don't think it makes sense to do that either. I mean, it's Aaron Rodgers. It's not Brett Hunley.
0: Right. And speaking of the new coach, like this is a joke, by the way. Uh, how you talked about them switching coaches? How effective can a coach be with the torn Achilles? <laughs> <laughs> How effective can Brian LaFleur be out there on crutches?
1: I'm sure he'll be in a wheelchair. Someone will be pushing him around. He's fairly important.
2: You could get one of those knee scooters or whatnot. Jazzy.
1: Yeah.
0: A jazzy chair.
3: But it's not I, like there's you know, going to be a sweeping run to the outside. that You've got to worry about knocking him down.
2: <laughs> Jones carried the ball 133 times last year. and Five and a half yards per carry. So... They, if they give it, if he gets 200 carries this year, he's going to rush for 1,200 yards. He caught 26 passes on 36 targets. You know that was 12 games and eight starts. So, the the possibility is there for Jones to really take a big leap. Um, I want to be in on Sony. I think Sony is gonna, you know, he could. I, I could see Sony getting 15 touchdowns and 900 yards, you know, it's, I, I don't know what, what they're, you know, he was the pass catching back at Georgia, but he's the Derrick Henry of new England. He
3: catches got seven damn balls last year. It's like, <laughs> what? Like, and it, and it's not, and it's not because he
2: can't catch it. It's just, they just, I don't, you know, so for me, I'm going to go Aaron Jones. I, I just think the the upside is, there i'm going to take the team with the best offense and the player in the best offense i think uh new england while they're they're good uh you know tom brady isn't what he used to be there there you know i i'm going to talk myself maybe into sony michelle here almost i'm going to stick with aaron jones man
0: i'm that i'm that lone guy on the derrick henry choo-choo
3: well derrick henry caught 15 balls last year as as a starter
1: He's you know, gonna, he's just,
0: like just, like Hulkamania, he's gonna run wild, brother. Yeah, okay,
1: we'll, we'll we'll see. Yeah, I'm on I'm on the Aaron Jones train as well. Uh, I love Sony Michelle, but I just think they've got so many other running backs there, and Rex Burkhead, James White, now Damian Harris. I don't. I don't trust that Sony Michelle is going to get a bulk of the work. Aaron Jones has averaged five point five yards a carry. I know he hasn't been healthy. I'll take the risk because I think the uh, there's more upside there with Aaron Jones in that offense than there is with Sony Michelle.
3: Can I give you a divisional argument though? Sure. Okay. Like uh, uh, who who plays who? Okay. You're you're going to play the the Bears twice. All right. You're going to play the Vikings twice. I know that the you know Detroit not really super solid. But, like, I mean, Aaron Jones is, he's been fine, but because they have freaking Aaron Rodgers, I feel like Aaron Jones may have already peaked. And I'll, I'll even go against Barker on his uh, Derrick Henry. Barker, who did Derrick Henry feast against? The Jaguars, who had already given up on the season, the Giants, who sucked, the Redskins, who sucked, and the Colts, who haven't had defense literally in 20 years.
0: The Redskins weren't that bad, and the Colts' defense was much improved.
3: It was Week 16, whenever they played the Redskins. I think they were so far out of it and lost after their start. Like they're just not good. Okay. I, I mean, the the, play, the teams that he did well against you, you, I, I, I hate the argument for it because I personally think Derrick Henry just all right, great. Give him, give him a bunch of volume against a terrible team. Anyone's going going to do well.
0: I think I think what we're in line here for is yeah, some I, kind of a friendly wager between because Matt, you got exactly what you wanted. There was a lot of diversity as far as the picks of these guys. So uh, what's what's on the line if Derrick Henry is the best back of the three, or if Aaron Jones is the bec, best back of the three, or if Arms is Sony Michelle is the best back of the three? Now, we, we need a good old fashioned bet.
3: Real quick, I will point out Sony Michelle plays buffalo twice uh, God. they plays the jets twice and they play the dolphins twice guys see what i gotta deal with every week
1: <laughs> well then what well, i don't you shouldn't be backing out of the bet then there i'm, uh, I'm Art, not backing you, out i would feel like you feel the the uh, most comfortable about that
3: i'm then. i am ultra comfortable with going sonny michelle okay see the
0: bet's getting juicier what, what is the bet? We got There's got to be something. I,
3: I'll tell you right uh, now, I might be slightly worried about Aaron Jones. I'm certainly not worried about Derrick Henry. Hmm. That's the biggest target freaking running back since Brandon Jacobs.
1: Yeah, I don't know. What uh, What's uh, what's something you guys want to put on the line here? I'm game for anything. I, I'm never afraid to back down from a challenge, as, as Dennis knows, in some of the very stupid bets I've made in some of my home dynasty leagues.
0: So. What what can we do on video? Like, is it like an ice? bucket of ice water over the head is it a kick to the gonads is it i don't that's want not that
1: kick to the gonads i'd like to try and have one more child so i don't want to hurt those dancers. i'm
2: good kick me
0: yeah that's what i was thinking i'm good Go ahead. <laughs> i'm not me.
2: having any more children uh, but let's no, go for if, like if you uh, kick me there's gonna be can we
3: care. do like a, a vasectomy or something like that i, I already got one <laughs> okay
1: and that's not a lie so i can't <laughs> I mean, that they can't reverse the vasectomy, right? Oh, they so can. They can.
3: Excuse They're me. just very expensive.
1: No, thanks. Oh. Well, never mind. I don't want to put you down that road. We'll we'll figure something out for sure. It'll be a very interesting bet. But... Um, This one, I don't even know if we should really do it because there's really only one right answer in this question, but I'm going to ask it anyways because I I like to hear good things about my team. Uh, Would you rather have Baker Mayfield at ADP63 or Russell Wilson at ADP65? Mind you, if you do answer this question wrong, I will edit this out and and replace you guys with a voiceover of giving the right answer. Good lord.
3: So you're going to replace me saying Russell Wilson. That's what you're that's what you're getting ready to do. Listen, I freaking adore Baker Mayfield. And I do think he's has a great future in the NFL. But like, when's the last time Russell Wilson didn't finish as a top what, eight quarterback? I, I can't wait for my response. Like seriously, when's the last time Russell Wilson wasn't I think a top eight quarterback? Because he's been a stud perpetually. What's pulled up, he's probably not top wasn't top eight last year. It's gonna piss me off. Yeah, he was. He was. No, he wasn't. He was tenth.
0: Damn it! In our Ab, in our oh, no, in no, our league, second. our leagues are a little different. Point
3: points per game. Damn it! He was thirteenth. Regardless, give me Russell Wilson. I mean, it, proven, proven to it year every year has the ability to be the number one quarterback. And by the way, I do think Baker has the ability to be the number one quarterback in fantasy. Uh, if if Patrick Mahomes gets hurt, but <laughs> Russell Wilson is he's a proven commodity, and as much as I like Baker, I'm gonna go with Russell here.
0: Man, I am I am so ready for this one, Matt. Okay, uh, Baker Mayfield. We'll get a little fuego here. Baker Mayfield is going to be the newest quarterback in the league. That is easily inducted into the Hall of Fame. I what? love
1: it. I love it, dude. I've, I've, I've got a fucking huge boner right now, dude. You have no Ma- idea.
0: Baker Mayfield, I let's not ignore what he did last year with what essentially was just Jarvis Landry. Essentially. Antonio, what would Baker have done if Antonio Callaway would have caught most of the balls thrown his way? What would Baker Mayfield have done if David Njoku would have caught most of the ball's thrown his way. Well, now Baker Mayfield has Odell Beckham, who's going to catch most of the ball's thrown his way with his college teammate Jarvis Landry. That LSU duo is going to be so amped up on the field, and you got Baker Mayfield, who's more amped up than just about any player in the league. Two stud running backs. easy for me. Russell Wilson had those kind of seasons. He also had Doug Baldwin. He's got a whole new cast of players to play with. And Tyler Lockett... I am not a fan of. He's never going to be in my top twenty receivers. Give me Baker Mayfield easily and all day, and that's not a detriment to Russell Wilson. It's a testament to Baker Mayfield.
3: I'm, I love it. I'm probably wrong. Just to clarify, you you just <laughs> like my speech, is all. No, I, you motivated me. I'm, I'm flip flopping right now. I'm Neil Crabtree in this shit. No, I'll stick with Russ. But you you, you may, don't you, you don't want to. No, I I didn't want to pick Russ there, but yeah, just the proven. Uh, he's just a little more proven than Baker. That's all there is to it. Sad to see you edited out, brother. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so,
2: Dennis. I I'm I'm gonna take uh, Baker, and at the risk of it sounding uh, like a homer pick, because I am a Browns fan, you know, Russell has only had two top 10 seasons uh, according to FF statistics. So he's the last four seasons. He's been in the top 15, but only twice in the top 10.
3: Oh, staying corrected.
2: Um, So the other thing, they had the second most rushing attempts last year and the fewest passing attempts in the NFL. Now, well, I expect uh, the passing attempts to go up a bit this year. You know, they were without Baldwin for a good chunk of the season last year, and he was banged up when he was playing. Uh, and so there was, you know, Lockett had to figure out how to be the number one. They really didn't have uh, any tight ends to speak of. Um, so running the ball made sense for their team as much as they did. I, I think there's they're going to close that gap. I still feel they'll be top five in rush attempts and, you know, maybe move up in the 20th range for pass attempts. Uh, but Cleveland is, you know, they're going to, they're, they're going to have a wide open offense and they're going to throw the ball. And until Freddie Kitchens gets, gets fired or Baker gets maimed, you know, they've got OBJ, they've got Jarvis, they've got Callaway, they've got Higgins, they've got Injoku. Uh, while many of those players have some questions for OBJ, it's health for Landry. It's uh, can he be effective more than seven yards off the line of scrimmage? Can Callaway catch the ball? Uh, can Njoku catch the ball? Uh, you know, there's definitely weapons there. So I, I, I think Baker's the guy in this duo.
3: Interesting. uh stat in 2018 from week eight on, uh, Baker edged Russell Wilson. I mean, they were literally the ninth and I believe his ninth and tenth quarterback um, points per game, and it was by like point one something, like point one four. It's it's ridiculous. No, point one 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 for Baker. It's close.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do this year. That's why I had to throw him in there. One last quick one before we get to the IDPs that I'm really interested to get your guys' thoughts on. Um, Sterling Shepard at ADP 81 or Cortland Sutton at ADP 83? Oh, man.
0: I didn't know Cortland Sutton was that low right now.
1: Yeah.
3: Oh, I mean, obviously, it's on me. Uh, You know, I don't like either of their situations. Like, I'm not in love with either situation. But I will go with Sutton on this, um, and more than anything, I think it's because Golden Tate becomes the number one receiver um, in New York. Sutton has definitely the ability to, you know, take over. I think Sutton's going to be a fine receiver in the NFL. Um, still think Fant leads that team in receptions. I think Fant leads the team in touchdowns and um, overall receiving. Whether it's tight end or wide receiver, leads them in overall uh, fantasy production. But I think Sutton's going to have a better season than Shepard. I, th- I just think Sterling Shepard's a number two receiver. That's all he is, and that's all he's going to be.
0: Hurts my heart a little bit, to be honest with you. I uh, I, I got to say, I, I am a pretty solid Sterling Shepard fan. I, I think he's a really undervalued, very good receiver, but I agree with Arms. He's a number two wide receiver. With one upside, I think he has the upside of a, of a one. I think some of his production could be considered to be capped by Odell Beckham and the emergence of Ingram, but talent shines. If you can't overcome those detriments, then, you know, right now the writing's on the wall that Sterling Shepard's a number two wide receiver. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm right there with arms on that one.
2: You know, Shepard is... I don't want to say miscast, but he definitely gets pigeonholed as the number two because they they've always had a dominant number one. Uh, this is going to be the year for him I, I, to to show he can be effective on the outside, uh, whether he produces or not. I uh, I don't have high hopes, mostly because of their quarterback situation. Uh, so they're they're not going to. Uh, they're not going to do a whole lot of stuff down the field. It doesn't feel like so. Uh, Shepard's going to get probably more targets than he's had in his career. So last year he had 107, and that's a career high with 66 catches. So I could see Shepard getting up around 125, 130 targets and maybe pushing for 80, 85 receptions.
0: What scares me is that catch rate on the targets.
2: Yes, it was 61, 62% last year, you know, but 70% the year before. So he's got a career 64%. uh, 8.1 yards per uh, target last year, which is kind of middle of the road for him. He's had an 8.7 and 6.5 his rookie year. Uh, I think that that how much of that's a testament to the offense that they run as opposed to uh, how he performs, you know. There's Paris Campbell's a great, uh, going to be a great case study for that. Him and his, you know, what 4.5 average uh, depth of target at, at Ohio State coming into play with Andrew Luck. It'll be interesting to see how that turns it was actually out.
3: Actually, about a five-yard depth of drop too.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so jumping to, oh, go ahead,
2: Dennis. Well, I, I think I, I, I like Courtney Cortland Sutton's upside. Uh I, I think uh I, I'm not I don't buy uh, Flacco being, you know, the tight end whisperer. Uh, I think he he had one really heavily targeted tight end year with uh Pitta there. But for the most part, he, he hasn't really targeted tight ends that much. Uh, let me look up that actual number.
3: Let me, um, to, while you're looking that up, I will, you know, kind of point out, like if you look at, my, kind of my argument against uh, against Sterling Shepherd, like, realistically, throwing out last year, how ridiculously good was Golden Tate with his hands? Like if he's got that kind of reliability back, you know, some familiarity, a full off season working with the quarterback, I feel like Tate can reemerge back to you know a semblance of his, own, of his old self, getting around you know 90 receptions, getting around a thousand yards, you know six, seven, eight touchdowns. Like Golden Tate, that that's my argument against Sterling Shepard is I think Tate, you know, Strangle holds a job, ends up taking it away and becomes the most trusted receiver in New York outside of Saquon Barkley.
2: Uh, I I can't disagree with that at all. I think the the wild card for me in New York is Corey Coleman. Uh, uh, I think he's what he's was got it, what the was speed. That? He he's got he's the guy there with the speed. And so when they take shots downfield, he's going to be the guy they take the shots to. And if they if they start having any kind of success, I think they'll you know add it a little more and a little more and a little more. I don't think Coleman gets close to 100 targets at all, but I, I think he, he's the one that's going to get the the opportunity to uh, catch passes downfield. And they they may do the, uh, you know, if they can't have the wide receivers in New York can't flourish if Saquon Barkley's getting 140, 150 targets.
0: I'll, uh, I'll make a fearless prediction. Corey Coleman does not make it to the uh the fifty three man roster. I think they might have expanded it, but I'll stick with fifty three man. Corey Coleman don't make it.
2: All right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the IDPs. I don't know why I put D Ford on here. I I meant Chris Jones. I, I I don't know why I put D Ford, but uh I really want to get your guys' opinions on who you would take Uh, For IDP, so we've got two guys who finished very close to each other, actually identical points last year. And Chris Jones for the Kansas City Chiefs, their defensive end finished with 120.75 points. Or Demarcus Lawrence for the Dallas Cowboys, who also finished with 120.75 points. Who would you guys rather have?
3: This is fairly easy for me. I'm going to go with Demarcus Lawrence. Um, I think based on the – Ability to pin his ears back, you know, and go after the ball. This is, if I'm not mistaken, kind of a down year for him. Um, He did. I want to say he was top three the previous year. Yeah. Uh, But we got Chris Jones is like, this is it. This is what he's done so far with the most prolific offense we've seen in years. Like, it's not going to get better for Chris Jones. Chris Jones is going to regress severely. DeMarcus Lawrence is, if he remains what he is, which is likely or improve slightly, Get, give me uh, Demarcus Lawrence all day, every day. Demarcus Lawrence can be the the number one uh, defensive end in the league. Can be, I'm not saying he is. Can be. Man,
0: you uh, th- this this is tougher for me than I thought it would be. To be honest, because I, I got to give props to D Ford. Much like
3: Chris Jones. He wanted Chris Jones.
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm, Chris sorry. I'm sorry. You said D Ford at first. My bad. Okay. That is completely my fault. So Chris Jones. Yeah. It, to me, it took a little too long for Chris Jones to produce. I'm going with Demarcus Lawrence, man, D Ford. I would have had an argument as to why it was closer than it seems, but, uh, Chris Jones. I like, I have had him on and off my fantasy teams for the past couple of years. Cause I felt like his talent would eventually come through. It did. Uh, But Demarcus Lawrence, his talent came through pretty much immediately once he played a full season. Uh, Wasn't major, put up eight sacks in his first full season, but it didn't take him a while to get there. I think Demarcus Lawrence does have potential to be the number one overall defensive end, but Chris Jones does not. So that's the sole take for me on why I take Demarcus. And if
3: we're looking at a scheme standpoint, like, okay, we can just scheme to block Chris Jones. Uh, who you going to account for against Dallas? There's a lot of talent.
1: Well, well, can you scheme just to block Chris Jones? Because I mean that it, the next question I have for you guys would be between Miles Garrett and Frank Clark, and Frank Clark is there now after the trade. So I mean I, I know I don't know as much about IDPs. That's why I wanted to talk to you guys about them. But Frank Clark had a great year for Seattle last year finished with 107.5 points in fantasy. So who would you rather have of those two? And do you think that they can scheme for Chris Jones with Frank Clark there now?
3: No, I mean, I guess my, my thought process on what it is is when we start looking at the linebackers, the defensive tackles. Like, I feel like you could put more fo- – all jokes aside, are you that worried about Anthony Hitchens? Are you that worried about Reggie Ragland? No, but you should be that worried about Leighton Vander You should damn well be sure they're that worried about Jalen Smith. You know, there's a, lot, there's we've got a lot of talent down in Dallas. You've got some some good players. I'm not knocking you know Frank Clark. I'm not knocking Chris Jones. You got some good players, but you don't have the overall wealth of talent on the defense. Uh, in kansas city as you do in dallas
2: so does kansas city run a 3-4 uh they run a
3: 4-3 okay
2: i was just curious because the you know jones is 310 pounds versus lawrence is 265 pounds
3: they have uh, jones slated as as a tackle
2: so you know the points are are definitely gonna fall Towards Lawrence because at the end I think he's just he's going to get more opportunities to make tackles. So if you're, it depends on are you in a league that ha- you have to start a defensive tackle, or are you, is it just defensive lineman? If it's defensive lineman, you're always going to go Lawrence. Uh, in in Jones's second year, he had six and a half sacks. Lawrence had what eight? Was it eight in his first year? No, eight in his second year he didn't have any sacks in his first year. So, but Lawrence didn't play a whole lot in his first year either. He only played 7 games. So, basically they both broke out in their third year um, with 14 and a half sacks for Lawrence versus 15 and a half sacks for Jones. So, I think if if it's a league where you have to start a defensive tackle, I think you're going to take Jones because there isn't a lot of defensive tackles that can get the kind of sack numbers that Jones is getting from the defensive tackle position versus defensive end. You've got a lot more people that can get those sack numbers.
3: Just my two cents. What did they lose recently in Kansas City? On defense?
4: Yeah. Oh,
1: God. What is his name?
3: Justin Houston?
1: justin houston there we go yeah
3: is justin houston one of the best pass rushers of our generation yes okay case closed <laughs> so <laughs> the, they replaced the, him with frank the,
0: clark the confidence yeah.
3: no i mean frank clark is not justin houston now, now we're talking frank clark miles Garrett, right no we're, well, we're, we're
1: getting there we're we haven't quite there, yeah. gotten there yet but that is the next subject yes
0: okay i i was wondering because uh, where did where did we stray off to frank clark chris jones
1: well, no, I brought up that Frank Clark is now there because Arms was talking about how you really only have to block for Chris Jones. Oh, okay, so oh, that's right. If that's Frank right. Clark changes that at all; changes that dynamic gotcha. with him being there now in Kansas City. Gotcha. So, who would you guys rather prefer, Frank Clark or Miles jo- Miles Jones? Miles Garrett.
3: Uh, give me all the Miles Garrett, all of it. I think Miles Garrett has you know absolute top flight potential. Uh, so last year he had what n- nine sacks, second year in, the, yeah second year in the league. Um, I mean seven his first year. The guy's ascending and he's ascending quickly. Like Miles, excuse me, I'm sorry, he had thirteen and a half sacks sacks last year. I, I was off on that. Like he could very quickly get into the. Joey Bosa conversation, the J.J. Watt conversation, where you're like, this guy is absolutely unstoppable. You know, I think the addition of Olivier Vernon is only going to help him. I think the fact that that offense is just getting better and better and better, and you're going to love this. The fact that Baker Mayfield is continuously to going to improve. If you are ahead as the Cleveland Browns, what do you get to tell your defensive ends to do? Pin your ears First, back. Pass. Go after it. Miles Garrett has absolute top-flight talent. He has top-flight athletic ability. He has all the right moves to get to the quarterback. And it wouldn't surprise me if this year he was approaching 17 or 18 sacks, possibly even more, based on the fact that, unlike previous years of his career, they're going to be playing with a lead a lot. Man. Okay. I uh, I am very
0: surprisingly going to go against that very surprisingly because miles Garrett is a potential top flight defensive end but I'm gonna go with Frank Clark and the reason I'm gonna go with Frank Clark on paper thus far in their careers miles Garrett Frank Clark nearly tit for tat on how effective they have been on the field but let me rephrase that how effective they have been stat wise The difference for Frank Clark, Frank Clark, until last year, had never played 70% or more of the snaps on defense in Seattle. He was a rotational guy early on. Like, Frank Clark was not a full-time player. Frank Clark last year barely got to, well, not barely, he got to the mid-70s percentage-wise on snap count. Miles Garrett, mid-80s. Frank Clark puts up the same numbers, playing less snaps. He's not going to be rotational anymore. He's not on a Seattle defense that likes to rotate that much. In Kansas City, he's definitely going to get 85% of the snap count, and I think that Frank Clark is going to be just a little bit better than Miles Garrett. Frank Clark's the real deal for me.
3: I will also push back a little bit more on this whenever we talk about the improvement of the Cleveland Browns defense, so you get back, you know, Kirksey healthy again. You have obviously Denzel Ward, who's emerging as an absolute lockdown cornerback. If Greedy Williams can do the same thing on the other side, you're you're starting to look at coverage sacks for Miles Garrett. Just the fact that the ball can't get out quick enough, and that's the reason I love Miles Garrett.
0: That argument's solid. That's I, I, that's a reason I can't put Frank Clark as more than marginally more my pick. So.
4: You know,
2: I, I feel like it's it's pretty close between the two. Uh, I'm going to lean Garrett. Uh, he, he doesn't have to settle into a, a new offense or new defense. Uh, he knows what his role is. He doesn't have to get used to what the guys around him are going to be doing. Uh, he's been playing in that defense. So I, I think that they're both very, very good defensive ends. Uh, and you make a compelling argument with the snap percents, but, uh, maybe it's my homerism. I'm, uh, I'm going to go with Garrett.
0: Definitely not homerism. I mean, we are talking about like one, a one B and it's debatable as to which one's which. So.
1: Well, I'm interested to see where this one goes. I feel like it's probably not going to be as close as I thought it might have been when I was looking at the stats and everything, but would you rather have Bobby Wagner, who finished with 196 points in fantasy last year, or was it the Wolf Hunter, right? The Wolf, the Wolf Hunter, Hunter, Leighton Van Der Esch, who finished with 194. This is easy for me.
3: It's easy for me as well. It's That's Van Der Esch. It's Van Der Esch all the way. There's youth. There's talent around him. There's the fact that, you know, like they're, they were very, very close last year. Leighton Van Der Esch was a rookie. He will get better. The, there's going to be a, a very strong argument for Van Der Esch to be possibly the top linebacker in this year's IDP class. I, I think Darius Leonard's special, but Van Der Esch is really not that far behind him. I don't think Bobby Wagner's like regressed off the face of the earth or anything like that, but he's 28. You know he's 28. Van Der Esch is learning the NFL right now. He had 108 tackles last year. The kid's 22. There's a there's a six year age gap, and Van Der Esch, you know, kind of with the argument of the talent around him, you can't just scheme to stop Leighton Van because Jalen Smith's going to destroy you, okay? So or De- uh, Demarcus Lawrence is going to destroy you. They're, they've got a lot of talent around. I I think Leighton Vanderesh overall actually has a upgraded year from last year and finishes i'll boldly say he's going to be the number one linebacker this year all
0: right i like it uh kind of on the same train as arms i hate i hate to say that bobby wagner's 28 uh, because that's still
4: still really. sounds prime i mean yeah
0: it's not it's not really you know it's not crazily old but uh leighton vander Esch pretty much put up uh Similar numbers as Bobby Wagner, actually just a few more combined tackles. I don't think we've seen the best of Leighton Vander Esch. It, it even took him a few games to get on the field permanently, and he still put up 140 combined. I Think we've seen the best of Bobby Wagner. I think we'll still see a few years of really good top ten linebacker production, but I think we've got you know six to ten years of uh, Leighton Vander Esch major top ten
3: production every year. year Vander Esch out. is the new Brian Urlacher.
2: You know, I think the 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 big reason for me in the difference uh, Wagner has already doled out a hundred, almost a thousand hits. Uh, he's made 981 tackles so far in his career, and, and that's a it, it's hard. He's going to start to to wear down, break down. know uh, yeah, he, he's going to get a few more years out of his career, but you can definitely see. Uh, a scenario where within the next year or two, he's losing snaps to younger guys uh, because he either is a not healthy or b they just want to scale it back. You know, we want to make sure he stays, you know, fresh all year. He's getting up there uh, and Vander Esch. He, you know, he's young. He's, he's going to be out there pounding away.
1: Well, I wonder if this one's gonna be closer. Maddie, I, I hope it is, but Maddie, we'll see.
0: Who's your What's guy?
1: Up? Who's my guy? Vander
0: Van Esch or Wagner?
1: Oh, it's Esch for me. Like I said, I, I thought it was gonna be closer looking at the looking at the overall points. they don't really have ADPs for for IDP players, unfortunately, or they're not easy to find. Uh, so I was just kind of looking at points and going back through different stuff. And the more I looked at Vander what what really skewed it for me was what you said, Burke, the fact that he was behind Sean Lee for, I think, like the first three games of the season before Sean Lee got hurt. And then he came out, and he still only finished four points behind him. So or two points behind him, actually. So uh, yeah, I'd take Van Esch, as much as I hate to say that, because all the Cowboys fans that listen to this are going to give me shit now. I, I will, <laughs> I would take Van Der Esch. And we've got another Cowboys guy here in Jalen Smith who finished with 180 points, or would you rather have Tremaine Edmonds from Buffalo who finished with a 178? That's a good one.
3: That is a really good one, and you could probably flip a coin and be right. Um, I, the, the, I mean, I, I don't have a, a strong argument for either one. To to be over the other one, give me give me God, give me Tremaine Edmonds uh, barely and just barely, based solely on one thing, and it's health. And I know that Jalen Smith is fully healthy. I understand that, but another big injury in his career may be over. He may be looking at a quality of life situation toward Tremaine Edmonds, athletically absolute freak but you know and Tremaine Edmonds is the you know kind of the quote-unquote you know feature guy he's the captain of the defense you know he's never coming off the field whereas there's entirely possibilities to where uh, Jalen Smith is you know losing some snaps because they can't afford to take Leighton Ash off the field that it's so close that it's disgusting I think that the Cowboys have a uh, have a situation with uh, Navarro Bowman and uh who's the other guy Patrick, Willis. Patrick Willis, like to where they've got two top five or six linebackers year in, year out for the next five, six, maybe even 10 years.
0: You never show Patrick Willis any love. You always forget his name. <laughs> oh
3: miss guy too. Like I know a lot about him. It's just Navarro Bowman was my dude.
0: Yeah. I, I, I uh, I'm with arms on this one. I, I think Jalen Smith is a fine player. And if you've got him as your linebacker, two or three, that's, that's great. But uh, he does play beside Leighton Vander Esch, which could bode well for him, or it could go against him. We, we don't know long-term quite yet. But Van Der Esch is the best linebacker on his team. Tremade Edmonds is the best linebacker on his team. So give me the true middle linebacker in Edmonds. I, I think long-term, he's going to give you just a little bit more. It's not a huge gap by
3: any means. So, I mean, so, so, so barely between these two guys. Yeah,
2: I think the thing that separates it for me uh, is the versatility of Edmonds. When you, if you look at their stats, you'll see Edmonds had 12 passes defensed, and I hope if you're playing IDP, you're getting points for passes defensed. So he's he's going to be more active in the passing game versus Jalen Smith, uh, who who isn't putting up those stats. Tackle wise, they're they're pretty even. Age-wise, you know, there's a couple years difference in their age, uh, but it's it's one of those you're splitting hairs, and you really can't go wrong.
3: As you say, you're not wrong either way. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I would take Edmonds just because, again, I hate the Cowboys. That's really my only uh, <laughs> my only breakdown on that. That's all I got. All right, so before we close out the podcast, uh, we're almost at two hours, so I, I don't want to hold you guys much longer. I, I want to get through a couple of these blind resumes that uh, Dennis hasn't seen, you guys haven't seen either. I've got them right here. And, and this is more I want to get. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the stats for both of these players. We're going to start with quarterbacks. And then I want, if you guys want to guess, you can. Otherwise, just tell me if you'd rather have quarterback one or quarterback two. And then I'm going to tell you who they are and the difference in ADPs on both of these players and, and why it's so close, if that makes sense. So QB1, last year they passed for 4,924 yards, 35 touchdowns, and seven interceptions, getting you a total of 531 points in fantasy quarterback 2 passed for 4593 yards with 39 touchdowns and 15 interceptions finishing with 514 points which quarterback would you rather have
3: I feel like this is and I'm probably wrong on this but I feel like it's uh Andrew Luck versus like Tom Brady and give me Andrew
1: the... Luck is one of them I will give you that he is one
3: uh what was the second stat line there? 35 touchdowns? Uh,
1: 35 touchdowns and 7 interceptions.
3: Give so, me, so give, Aaron Rodgers. Give, give me the first one.
1: Okay. Bark? Uh, g- give me Luck. Okay. Uh, is quarterback 2? Dennis?
2: Uh, I'll take Andrew Luck.
1: Okay, so quarterback 1 was actually Matt Ryan. Oh, who actually right now is ADP 74 compared to Andrew Luck's ADP 43. And he outscored him by 15 points.
3: I still want Luck. I'll take Luck.
1: Okay. Well, you know, I thought I'd try something. All right. The next one, Uh, quarterback one, passed for 4,298 yards with 30 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, and one rushing touchdown. Tom Brady. For 449 <laughs> points. What?
3: Is his name Tom Brady? <laughs>
1: No, it's not top right. okay <laughs> Uh The next quarterback finished with 3,448 passing yards, 35 touchdowns, seven interceptions, and added 376 yards rushing for a total of 439 points. So, again, about a 10-point difference between the two uh, fantasy-wise. Which quarterback would you rather have? Oh, and that, if you want to guess, go ahead.
0: That one sounds a little more like Aaron Rodgers, but I'm probably wrong again. Um, you go ahead. Yeah, Rodgers
1: to... is neither one.
3: Uh, give me the one with the rushing touchdown that added to it, or the rushing yards added to it, the second one.
1: Okay, so QB2? Yep. Bart?
3: I feel like that's Ben Roethlisberger, by the two. way.
0: QB2.
1: QB2. Dennis? Uh,
3: I wasn't listening.
1: <laughs> okay, we'll go with QB1 <laughs> just to mix it up. No, uh, I,
2: I'm trying to help a guy in, in uh, our, our private dicks draft. He's not gotcha. to the site, so. All
1: right, well, QB1 is actually Kirk Cousins, who finished with the rushing touchdown, the 30 touchdowns and 10 interceptions, who is, uh right now is QB21 off the board with an ADP of 130. And then QB2, who you guys chose, is actually Russell Wilson with an ADP of 65, quarterback 6 off the board. So, all the hate that Kirk Cousins gets, yet he still finishes as a top seven quarterback last year and outscored Russell Wilson.
3: I will wait on Kirk Cousins in every single freaking draft. Like, the dude, the hate's gone too far for Kirk Cousins.
1: I agree 100%. Kirk, he's my guy. All right, this one, it's a little bit more skewed. So, both of these quarterbacks missed time. QB1 only missed a couple games. He threw for 3,725 yards with 27 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, added 131 rushing yards uh, for 371 on the year, but averaged 26 points a week. The second quarterback actually missed five games this year. He passed for 2,992 yards for 19 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. Added 281 on the ground with a rushing touchdown, but averaged 27 points a week, so averaged a point more, but then did uh score a lot less again because he missed five games compared to two.
3: Give me Baker Mayfield.
1: Okay, yeah, oh, yeah, you knew it was Baker. All right.
3: Same. Give me Baker.
1: Okay. Well, QB two is Jameis Winston. I just didn't know if anybody thought maybe does any either one of you believe in Jameis Winston going forward and in this Not next year? Not even close Reserance to Baker at, at the helm.
0: It's not I, close. I've not given up on him. I, I think he could he could resurge. You, but compared to Baker? No, 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 no. That's not what I mean. But give me Baker all day. But I think Jameis could be decent again, solid again.
1: All right. I want to do a couple of these running back ones real quick before we get out of here. Uh, so the first one, running back one rushed for 1,059 yards, 12 touchdowns, and added 99 receiving yards to finish with 205 points on the year. And running back two... Rushed for 1,151 yards, nine touchdowns, and added 163 receiving yards, finishing with 202 points. So just three points behind running back one.
3: Give me the guy that's not Derrick Henry.
1: Damn man, how did you know who Derrick Henry?
2: All and right. The other one's Sony Michelle, isn't it?
1: It is not Sony Michelle. Oh. It would be surprising, I think, to a lot of people. He's actually getting drafted behind Derrick Henry as well. Bark, you're taking. I'm assuming you're taking running back one because it's Derrick Henry?
0: I was thinking on it, yeah, it's going to be.
1: Okay, well, Derrick Henry is running back one. He is an ADP of 40 right now, running back 17 off the board, where Chris Carson is running back two with an ADP of 54, RB 22 off the board.
3: I should have went Derrick Henry. I, I Henry over Chris Derek Carson.
2: Henry. <laughs> I'm going to take Chris Carson because I own Rashad Penny everywhere.
1: All right, last one, and we'll we'll save these. Hopefully, we can get you guys on for another time. So I've got like eight wide receivers and then a couple IDP ones. Although you guys might be able to guess the IDP ones since since Arms is over here guessing all my hard work. I, I so, thought I did a good job of masking. Sorry, these guys. man. Sorry, it's not. <laughs> no, you're good. So RB one rushed for 444 yards with three touchdowns. Added 725 receiving yards with five touchdowns for 236 points where RB2 rushed for 535 yards with four touchdowns and added 477 receiving yards on five touchdowns to finish with 207 points. One of these Hold on a second. is likely going to be the lead running back where the other is not.
3: One, uh, the first one is David Johnson. The second one is TJ Yeldon. Give me David Johnson. We're on both. Ah, give me the first one.
1: Bart? Ah,
0: get as quick as you can, run through that one last time.
1: Yeah, so running back one finished with 444 yards and three touchdowns rushing and added 725 yards receiving with five touchdowns. Running back two rushed for 535 yards and four touchdowns and added 477 receiving yards with five touchdowns.
0: Oh, is one of them Treat Cohen?
1: Yes, one of them is Tariq Cohen. That would be running back one.
3: Give me Treat Cohen. Damn it, I took Treat Cohen. I hate that.
1: Yeah. Well, maybe not, because running back two is actually Kenyon Drake. Ooh, I'll so,
3: take Drew Cohen.
0: Yeah, I'll take Cohen, too. Yeah,
1: yeah and Cohen's going as a running back 25 right now off the board, one behind Kenyon Drake, who's going as RB24 ADPs of 67 and 64. Woo! All right. Well, like I said, hopefully we can get you guys back on again. Oh, uh, yeah. I've got a whole bunch more there, but we went to – we went a lot longer with some of the, the intro stuff, which I wasn't planning on when we did the, the show sheet and then obviously all the, the back and forth on who would you rather. So seriously, Arms Bart, you guys mean a lot to us. You mean a lot to me for helping me get this up and running it and allowing me to have the success, success that I've had because of all the stuff that you've taught me and everything you've helped me with. So I really do appreciate that. Uh, before we get you guys out of here, let all of our listeners know where they can find you about your guys' show and where we can find you guys on Twitter.
3: It's arms back row on Twitter. Uh, we are the back row show, literally any place you can download a podcast. Uh, obviously the back row show on Twitter as well. Uh, we don't have the fantasy part on Twitter. Cause I, I kind of pushed back. I'm like, that's a little wordy bark. Let's just go with the back row show. Yeah.
0: And it's worked out fine. I, I'm at bark back row. Same place that you can find me as arms just said with him at the back row show and uh and yeah every every, everywhere join us anywhere facebook instagram twitter whatever discord youtube twitch we don't some of
3: those we do more than others but
0: join us wherever you want
3: and of course we have website thebacker of fantasy show.com we do have some great writers put some, some really solid articles um and we appreciate everything that they do so um you know if you want great content all the way around You could listen to other guys, or you could go for mediocre content, read and listen to us. (laughs) Uh,
0: Confidence. And and yeah, we appreciate you guys having us on. We've all been, you know, fairly acquainted nearly from the get go, at least of of our podcast. So, you know, it's been a long time coming, and and it was enjoyable like I knew it would be.
1: Dennis, you want to give your shout out real quick before we cut out of here?
2: I am at culture underscore coach on twitter because fantasy football is life it's a lifestyle you know i'm unfortunately for my wife um write for dynastynerds.com, do standard rankings for dynastynerds.com. if you haven't joined the hashtag nerd herd get out there and join it uh i'll be uh at the midwest fantasy football expo in august uh probably have a booth right alongside of these uh, fellas here at the Back Row Show, um, absolutely looking looking forward to it. It'll be a great time. You can get your tickets now; only twenty dollars. Uh, be lots of lots of fantasy football people there, uh, and that's in Canton, right? Canton. That is in Canton. That's an excellent point, Bar- uh, Arms. It is in Canton. Uh, so come up, go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh come hit the expo, watch some fantasy football podcasting go on live, pick up some swag, meet all your fantasy football heroes, become a fantasy football hero. What the hell?
0: I just dropped the bottle. I gotta sign out. I've got a kid awake. Yay! Hooray adulting.
1: Yeah, yeah. So well guys, thank you seriously for, for for jumping on with us. We really do appreciate it and hope you guys have a good weekend
3: good night you guys
0: too man it was great talking with you tonight thanks for having us on good night
1: later this concludes another episode of the back row fantasy show thanks for listening and be sure to give us a review